the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. Other approaches, other methods, other activities we could be doing, they might bear fruit, or they might not. They might hit the mark, or they might return void. It's hit or miss with anything else. Any, anything, any program that we come up with, it's going to be hit or miss. But the Word of God, it never returns void. It's always on the mark. It's always a hit. It's always going to bear fruit in a person's life. It seems like there are new self-help books or approaches to dealing with the various struggles of life coming out on a daily basis. It makes for a massive and diverse industry. This testifies to the underlying desire of man for something more. Even those that adamantly denies God's existence have to admit that this struggle exists in every human being. As Pastor Dan explains in today's message, these therapies and philosophies that men scheme up always have results, and sometimes good ones, but inevitably, without God, they miss the mark. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now look at verse 10. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be, That goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent. Now, the immediate context of these verses is what the Lord just said to us about pardoning sin, pardoning sinners. If if we forsake our wicked ways and our unrighteousness and return to him, he's saying here, you know, My promise to pardon and forgive and have mercy, those are not empty promises. That's not an empty invitation that I'm extending to everyone who's thirsty. I really will forgive. I really will pardon. I really will have mercy. So that's that's the kind of the immediate context of these verses here. But but these verses also have a much wider application, a much wider context. And I love just what these verses say about the power and ability of the word of God. In these verses, the Lord compares his word uh, to rain and snow that waters the earth and causes life and causes growth. And he says here in the same way that his word goes forth from his mouth and it doesn't return void. And he says here that the word that goes forth from his mouth 
produces fruit, it produces life, it produces growth in us, it accomplishes God's will in our lives, it, it prospers wherever God send it, sends it, it's, it's profitable. Remember in the New Testament, 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul talked about how all Scripture is inspired of God and it's profitable for us. And he talks about how it's profitable. It, it profits us. It prospers us. And here in verses 10 and 11. The Lord tells us just the, the, the power and ability of the word of God and what the word of God, God does. Just all on its own, just like rain or snow and how rain can water the soil and cause a seed to grow and cause life to come forth. And, and you know, we don't, you know, we don't fully understand how, how a seed knows that it's got the right amount of soil and the right temperature and the right amount of moisture. Just, it all just comes together. It's just programmed into the DNA of the seed that when the water hits it, and the moisture and the temperature and the soil, all of it, that it just produces life. It just does it. You know, over, over in the Middle East in, uh, in Egypt, archaeologists have found uh, date seeds from date palms uh, that were over 2,000 years old. They were dormant, completely dried out. They planted these date seeds in the soil and watered them, and they grew. After 2,000 years, like all of that programming, the DNA stuff was just in there, just waiting for the right conditions. And once there were the right conditions, life. And he says here, the word of God's like that. It's like the rain that comes down, it waters the earth. And, it, and when it just hits the right person, the right heart that receives the word, man, it just produces life. It produces growth. It just does. It's just, it's just what the word of God does all on its own. It's just in there. Somehow. It's, just, it's just programmed in there somehow to produce life. You know, this, these verses are a handful. You know, there's a handful of verses in the Bible that are um, kind of core verses for our church that shape our approach to ministry. And if you've, if you've ever wondered, like, why, why do we just kind of go straight through the Bible? Sunday mornings, are just going through the New Testament verse by verse. Thursday nights, we're going through the Old Testament verse by verse. Our different, you know, ministries that we have, the home groups, the men's group, the women's Bible study, uh, the children's ministry, like all of it is centered around the word of God. And if you've ever wondered why this is, this is kind of all that we do or why we do this the way that we do it, it's because God promises here that his word will never return void. And that it always bears fruit. And I can't really say that about anything else. Other things that we could be doing. Other approaches, other methods, other activities we could be doing. They might bear fruit or they might not. They might hit the mark or they might return void. It's hit or miss with anything else. Any, anything, any program that we come up with, it's going to be hit or miss. But the word of God, it never returns void. It's always on the mark. It's always a hit. It's always going to bear fruit in a person's life. You know, even even in my approach to teaching the word, um, I don't I don't open my sermons with stories or jokes. I don't use a lot of illustrations. Uh, I don't I don't use movies. Uh, that's all by design. I could do that stuff. I know how to do that stuff. I know where to go to get that stuff. 
But my confidence is in the word of God. It's in the word of God. Those other things might return back void, might not bear fruit. But I know as a pastor, as a shepherd who has to give an account to God for myself and for you one day. That as long as I'm putting the word of God out there, then it's the word of God. And it's just the word of God. And the word of God is alive and it's powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And the word of God accomplishes God's will in people's lives. It prospers wherever God sends it. It doesn't return void. All of the other stuff, the illustrations, the jokes, the movie clips, eh, that might return void. Might hit, but it might not. But I know with the word, it's always going to hit the mark. And I, and I personally believe the word of God all on its own is enough. That I, I, don't, I don't have to add anything to it. I don't need to help it out. I don't need to dress it up. Just here's what it says. And so that's why we just kind of simply just kind of go through the Bible uh, and let the Bible do what the Bible does. So verse 12. Now verse 12, now he's, he's looking ahead to the kingdom age. When Jesus Christ returns to the earth and is ruling on the earth as king of kings and lord of lords from Jerusalem. And he says, for you shall go out with joy and you will be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Now, the Bible tells us that right now, all of creation is, is under the curse of the fall of Adam. It's all affected by the fall. But when Jesus Christ returns, the Bible says he's going to return the earth uh, and creation back to Eden-like conditions before the fall. And then the mountains shall break forth into singing. The hills will be alive with a sound of music, right? And the trees will clap. I don't know what that's going to look like. I kind of have this picture in my mind of the Wizard of Oz. Remember where there were the apple trees that were throwing the apples, but instead clapping somehow. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how that's going to work, but it's going to be cool. Whatever it is, it's going to be awesome to see. So all of creation, when Christ returns, all of creation will be rejoicing, will be celebrating the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, even the mountains and the trees. Now, look at look at verse 13. Instead of the thorn. Shall come up the cypress tree, you you might have the juniper tree there or the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. It shall be to the Lord for a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. 
So he says here, instead of the thorn, the cypress tree, again, you might have a different name there. Instead of the briar, the myrtle tree. Now, in the Hebrew here, the Hebrew word that's translated thorn there, it's speaking of what is commonly called a prickly oak. It's a thorny oak tree that grows, listen, it grows in the desert, in the wilderness area, the desert of Israel. The briars that are mentioned there, uh, the, the serpad is the word. Uh, the, these briar bushes, they, they grow in abundance also in the desert area of Israel, along the dry riverbeds. These briars that are mentioned here, uh, they secrete an irritating sap that burns the skin. And often this, this prickly oak, this thorny oak that's referred to as thorns here, and these briar bushes that secrete this burning, irritating sap, often they grow together in the desert in Israel, even today. And I, I was reading a book by an Israeli botanist who was discussing this verse in Isaiah 55, verse 13. And he commented that many hikers have had the unpleasant experience of hiking through these prickly oaks and getting all cut up by the thorns and then encountering these briar bushes that are secreting this irritating burning sap and that sap getting into their cuts from the thorns and just the pain and discomfort that it causes uh, even today, that still happens. And so uh, those uh, you know, who live in Israel, who read this today, they totally get what it's talking about here with these thorns and these briars. Someone living in Isaiah's day in Israel, they would understand what it's describing, these prickly oak trees and these bushes that have this sap that burns the, the skin. And what the Lord says here, he says that he's going to replace the thorns with cypress trees. And he's going to replace the briar bushes with myrtle trees. And as I said, the thorn, the prickly thorn and these briar bushes, they grow in the desert in Israel. The cypress tree that's mentioned here or the juniper or fir tree, whatever your translation might say, the cypress tree that's mentioned here, it doesn't grow in the desert. It can't grow in the desert. It grows up in the mountains of Lebanon, where there's plenty of snow and water for them to grow. It can't grow down in the desert. This, uh, this cypress tree that's mentioned here elsewhere in the Bible, it's referred to as the glory of Lebanon. The glory of of Lebanon. And I want you to turn with me back to Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35 verse 1. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice. The wilderness here uh it's 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 we would call it desert. We'd call all of this desert. Wilderness, wasteland, desert, we'd call it all desert. Uh the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The glory of Lebanon is a cypress tree. 
that's mentioned back in chapter 55. Here it's talking about the glory of Lebanon, that cypress tree growing in the desert. But it can't grow in the desert. It grows up in the mountains of Lebanon where they get snow and rain, kind of like the desert or kind of like the mountains of Maryland, of western Maryland. That's where this cypress tree grows. It can't grow in the desert. Now, the myrtle tree that's mentioned back in chapter 55, this myrtle tree that's mentioned here, it also doesn't grow in the desert and it can't grow in the desert. It grows in the mountains of Israel, in the forests of Judea. And you might be thinking, okay, so what? Why are you telling us all this stuff about these trees? I'm saying this to tell you that this is what God's going to do here in verse 13 during the kingdom age. It's not just about removing the thorns and the briars. What this verse is implying is that God is going to change the whole climate in Israel where the desert's going to disappear and the desert will become forest. And the desert will blossom and bloom where now, now the cypress tree can grow in the desert because it's not desert anymore. And the myrtle tree can grow there because now it has become a forest. He's going to, he's going to change the climate where now the desert just disappears. That's the miracle that's described here in verse 13, that he's going to transform the land and he's going to just do away with the desert in the land And it's all going to be this lush forest. You know, to maybe put it in our perspective, verse 13. uh, If I told you that Maryland will be filled with palm trees and beach sand. You you would think, well, there's no way. The palm trees can't survive the winter here. Well, not if God changes the climate. It makes it warm year round. Wouldn't that be great? Well, that's kind of what he's saying here with verse 13. He's, He's going to change the climate where now these these trees that normally grow up in the mountains that need a lot of water, now they're growing in what was formerly desert because now that's arid, there's water, there's rain in the desert, and now the desert is blooming. Turn with me over to Isaiah 41. We're almost finished, but I, I really like this stuff. You know, when you're reading the Bible and you come to things like names of trees or bushes, it's never random. It's never just a random list of trees. There's a meaning behind it. There's more to it that he's trying to show us. Isaiah 41, verse uh, verse 18, he says, I, again, this is talking about the kingdom age. I will open rivers in desolate heights in the mountains and fountains in the midst of the valleys. Now, Israel doesn't have rivers. It doesn't have very many. It has a Jordan River as a few small rivers, but for the most part, there are no rivers in the land of Israel. It's not a feature of the land. Deuteronomy 11, verse 10. For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt, from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot, meaning they dug canals and they could carry the water to their crops in the field because they had the Nile River that that provided water for them constantly. And he's telling them the land that you're going to, the promised land, it's not like Egypt where you sowed your seed and you watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drink water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord, your God cares. The eye of the Lord, your God are the eyes of the Lord, your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. The way that Israel gets at this point as they're coming into the land, the promised land, 
they're going to have to depend on God for rain to water their crops because they don't have rivers there. And so they're coming out of Egypt where they could depend upon their own ingenuity and their own ability, their own manpower to water their crops because they had the Nile River. Now they're going into the promised land. There's no rivers. They're going to have to depend upon rain. So they're going to have to live a life of faith in the promised land. They didn't need faith in Egypt. They had the Nile River. Now they have to live a life of faith in the promised land. But back in Isaiah 41, verse 18, the Lord says, I'm going to open rivers on the mountaintops. There's no rivers on the mountaintops in Israel. He's going to do a new thing here. And fountains in the midst of the valleys. There's very few fountains. There's very few springs in Israel. I will make the wilderness a pool of water. And the dry land springs of water. Again, wilderness here refers to what we would call desert. He's going to make pools in the desert. Lakes in the desert. You don't find lakes in the desert. I will plant in the wilderness, in the desert, the cedar and the acacia tree, the myrtle tree. There's that myrtle tree again. And the oil tree. I will set in the desert the cypress tree. There's the cypress tree again. And the pine and the box tree together. Here's why. That they may see. What are they going to see? They're going to see a myrtle tree growing in the desert. And they're going to see a cypress tree growing in the desert. And they're going to see ponds and lakes in the desert. And rivers in the mountains. And they're going to see and they're going to know and they're going to consider. And they're going to understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this. And the Holy One of Israel has created it. The Lord will transform the desert into forest, into lush land, and it's going to be a testimony to the Lord. Back in Isaiah 55, the Lord says, verse 13, and it shall be to the Lord for a name and for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. When he transforms the land and he causes the deserts to, to bloom and become lush forests, It's going to be to the honor and glory of his name, and it will be an everlasting sign to everyone of his great power that will never end. Again, whenever you see those names in the Bible, don't just think, well, it's just trees. No, he's saying here the miracle is going to be, he's going to transform the desert into like a lush forest. And that's going to be the miracle. And that's going to be the sign that everybody sees, a demonstration of God's power. Me, how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dan Sexton for his verse by verse study through the book of Isaiah. This extraordinary book is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Plus, it provides us with the most comprehensive picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It includes the full scope of his life and ministry, from his virgin birth to his sacrificial death to his resurrection and second coming in glory. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an edition of this program. That website again is calvaryec.com. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has blessed you. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. 
Let us know how God is working in your life and if there's anything that we can be praying for during this study of Isaiah. That number again is 410-491-4592. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray the Lord bless and keep you and that your faith is deepened with each passing day. Tune in next time to continue our study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth.